Let's pray and ask the Lord's blessing on the ministry of the Word this afternoon. Father in heaven, we've already been fed by your Word this morning. We pray that you would feed us yet again by your Word this afternoon as we give special attention to the third of the Ten Commandments. Teach us, Lord, what this commandment requires of us. Teach us also what it forbids. God, I pray that we would all approach your law in the right way. We know that we cannot be saved by the keeping of it, for we have all violated your law in thought, word, and deed. Nevertheless, having been saved by Christ, having been washed in His blood, I do pray that we would have a true and sincere love for your law. Indeed, we are told that by the power of the Holy Spirit, this law has been engraven upon our hearts in regeneration. And so, Father, help us to obey your law from the heart. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. You know, in that sermon this morning, I was saying that it might be more difficult to um, follow Christ in this culture in the years to come. Who knows? And I think some parents do wonder about that and they worry about it. You know, what about my kids? What will it be like for them to walk with Christ in this world? I, I pray that it would not be a source of anxiety for you parents, but that you would run to the Lord in prayer and that you would be busy about the work of preparing your kids to be uh, faithful to Christ in this world. Make them strong. Uh, do everything in your power to make them strong. Pray that God would make them strong. And I think one way that we can uh, make our children strong is by giving them God's Word and by even utilizing something like this, a catechism that teaches the core doctrines of the Christian faith so that they have a rock-solid foundation. We parents need to do everything in our power to give our children that foundation. We're looking at Baptist Catechism questions 60 and 61 this afternoon. Question 60, what is forbidden in the third commandment? The answer, please repeat after me. The Third commandment forbiddeth all profaning and abusing of anything whereby God makes Himself known. And question 61 asks, what is the reason annexed or added to the third commandment? And I will read this to you. The reason annexed to the third commandment is that however the breakers of this commandment may escape punishment from men, yet the Lord our God will not suffer them to escape His righteous judgment. Our scripture text for this afternoon is Malachi 2 verses 1 through 9. A very powerful passage. Malachi 2 verses 1 through 9. And now, O priests, speaking to the priests of Old Covenant Israel, this command is for you. If you will not listen, if you will not take it to heart to give honor to my name, says the Lord of hosts, then I will send the curse upon you, and I will curse your blessings. Indeed, I have already cursed them, because you do not lay it to heart. Behold, I will rebuke your offspring and spread dung on your faces, the dung of your offerings, and you shall be taken away with it. So you know that I have sent this command to you, that my covenant with Levi may stand, says the Lord of hosts. My covenant was with him, and my covenant with him was one of life and peace, and I gave them to him. It was a covenant of fear, and he feared me. He stood in awe of my name. True instruction was in his mouth, and no wrong was found on his lips. He walked with me in peace and uprightness, and he turned many from iniquity. For the lips of a priest should guard knowledge, and people should seek instruction from his mouth. For he is the messenger of the Lord of hosts. But you have turned aside from the way. 
You have caused many to stumble by your instruction. You have corrupted the covenant of Levi, says the Lord of hosts. And so I make you despised and abased before all the people, inasmuch as you do not keep my ways, but show partiality in your instruction. A very sober warning here in Malachi 2, verses 1 through 9. The third commandment is, You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain. We have asked already what it requires, and now we are asking what it forbids. One general thing that we have learned about the third commandment is is that it is very broad in its application. Many assume that it only forbids using God's name as a swear word. Perhaps that was your view before last Sunday. And it does forbid that, of course. We are to not use God's name as a swear word. And if you have the habit of using God's name or the name Jesus Christ in a careless way to express surprise or dissatisfaction, you should certainly break that habit. You should stop it now. It is a violation of, of the third commandment. And this is true if you say the name of God verbally or by representing it in a Texting acronym. Do you know what I'm referring to here, brothers and sisters? We are to not use God's name in a vain way. We're to not use it as a swear word. We're not to be careless with it. In doing so, we take a most holy thing and treat it as if it were common. We trivialize God and the name of God. And never should we use God's name in a careless or profane way. But we have learned that the third commandment requires and forbids more than just this. When God's law says, you shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain, he does not only have, this does not only have to do with the way that we use God's name in speech, but also our handling of all of God's names, titles, attributes, ordinances, words, and works. I'm here reminding you of what we learned on the last Lord's Day. We're to handle all of these things with, with great care. We're to handle them Uh, with reverence in our hearts. And that leads us to the second general thing that we have learned. The third commandment is really about attitude, isn't it? It's about attitude. We are to approach God with reverence. We are to consider Him carefully. We are to love Him, worship and serve Him from the heart and, and with sincerity. This we are to do from day to day as we live in the world that He has made. And this we are to do from Lord's Day to Lord's Day as we assemble in His temple and worship, and as we hear His Word proclaimed. We are to have reverence for God and the things of God always. We live in His world. We bear His name. Our lives are to be lived before Him. Uh, We are to serve Him truly, reverentially, and from the heart. This is the general thing that we have already considered. We have learned what the third commandment requires, but what does it forbid? That is what we are asking now. And again, the third commandment forbids all profaning and abusing of anything whereby God makes Himself known. We need to think carefully about this for a moment. What does it mean to profane something? To profane something is to treat something in an irreverent or disrespectful way. And what does it mean to abuse something? To abuse something means that we misuse it or we use it in a bad way, and to a bad effect. If someone were to act at a wedding ceremony in the way that they might act at a sporting event, we would say that they have profaned the wedding ceremony. 
Why? Well, we know that a, a sporting event is common, whereas a wedding ceremony is a solemn occasion. Each are to be approached in a different way, given their content and given their purpose. And if someone were to use a cell phone, for example, as a hammer, we might say to them, you are abusing that phone. Why, why would we say that? Be, because the phone is not designed to be used as a hammer. When you use it in that way, something of value is damaged and even destroyed. And when men and women profane, misuse, and abuse God's revelation of Himself to us, they break the third commandment. Um, it is possible to, to handle God's revelation of Himself to us in such a way that we, we profane it and, and we abuse it. We don't handle it as we should. We treat it as something common when really it is something uh, that is holy. Now we must ask, how does God make Himself known to us? I think most naturally our minds go to uh, the written Word of God, and indeed that is true. He reveals Himself to us in His Word. But we can say more than that. He makes Himself known to us in creation and by His Word. God reveals Himself generally to us in the world that He has made. Those in Christ must learn to see the world in this way. Um, I think we have this natural ability to a degree, but being regenerated in Christ Jesus, we must learn to see the world in this way. The world does reveal truth concerning God. That is why the psalmist says, The heavens declare the glory of God, and the sky above proclaims His handiwork. Day to day pours out speech, and night to night reveals knowledge. There is no speech, nor are there words whose voice is not heard." It's a wonderful passage. The psalmist is here saying that, in essence, the, the created world is constantly talking to us. You know, you say, well, I've never heard the creation talk to me. Um, but what does he mean? It, it's not audible, of course, and it's not a particular language. In fact, this language, if we may call it that, that the creation speaks is understood by all of humanity. No matter what language you speak, you can hear the voice of creation. What is creation telling us about? The creation is constantly talking to us about the glory of God. It screams out to us saying, there is a Maker, and you're to honor Him. He's big, He's powerful, He's grand, He's magnificent. The creation is constantly talking to us in this way. And Paul also speaks to this, saying, for what can be known about God is plain to them, that is to the unrighteous, because God has shown it to them, for His invisible attributes, namely His eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world, in the things that have been made, so they are without excuse. So ever since God spoke creation into existence, that creation has been testifying to the eternal power and, and the, the, the existence of, of God, so that all men are without excuse. God reveals Himself generally in the world that He has made. We should be very careful, therefore, to never profane or abuse God's creation. The created world is to be appreciated by us. It is to be enjoyed. The created world is to be used according to its design. The created world is also to be respected. And when we engage with the created things, it should always move us to give glory to God, the Creator of all things seen and unseen. Have you thought much about this? We are even to approach creation with a sense of of reverence, because God speaks to us through the creation. He reveals Himself to us in the created world. 
There is a sense in which a man violates the third commandment when he abuses or oppresses another human being, for example. That human is made in God's image. That human reveals something about God. To abuse a human being is to abuse the name of God, therefore. I think that is an obvious application of this point that I'm here making. But it may also be said that men break the third commandment when they live in God's world and do not recognize the glory of God in it. They enjoy the things of this world, not to the glory of God, but for their own pleasure. Perhaps you could reflect upon this point that I'm here making more later today. We are to honor God's name. This means that we are to not profane or abuse the name of God in all the ways in which He makes Himself known to us. That means we are to engage even with the created world in a respectful manner, seeing the glory of God in it, giving thanks to God for the things that He has given to us to enjoy. Do you do this? Do you look at a sunset and give glory to God? Do you stare up at the stars and and what comes to mind? It ought to be this. What a magnificent God we serve. What a glorious God we serve. God reveals Himself generally in uh, the created world. We are to honor Him even in the simple things. Simple things like eating and drinking. So whether you eat or drink, says the Apostle, or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. And so look at the mountains and trees and give God the glory. Enjoy your home and do it to the glory of God. What, what should you think about when you enter into your home? Let's imagine, it doesn't happen very much around here, but let's imagine that, that it's pouring down rain and you're outside but you run into your home. Do you give thanks to God for that home? For that for that protection that you have from the elements? Do you give thanks to God for that home? And what does it tell you about the character of our God? Our God is our refuge and, and our strength. Something of, of God is revealed to us. Even in the houses that He has blessed us with, we are to give glory to God in all things. Relate to others made in the image of God, to the glory of God. For God does make Himself known in all of these things. We are to approach each day With an attitude of reverence, therefore. Reverence is not only something we are to bring to church with us. That is what I'm saying. We should wake up every day with a sense of reverence. You're living in God's world, friends. You're enjoying His blessings. You're to live all of life as an act of worship before Him. You're to serve Him and thank Him always. Again, God reveals Himself generally in the created world, but He reveals Himself much more clearly in His Word. This is something that we call special revelation And we must be sure to handle His Word and receive His Word with great care. This means that we should take the reading, teaching, and application of Holy Scripture very seriously. And this also means that we should partake of the sacraments in a serious way too. For they are a visible Word for the people of God. In the sacraments of baptism and the Lord's Supper, God has filled common things like bread, wine, and water with special meaning meaning according to His positive command. We must not abuse or profane God's holy word. And so I might ask you, do you come to worship with reverence in your heart? Do you come prepared to receive God's holy word? Do you come prepared to partake of His ordinances? God reveals His name to us in these things. We must handle them, the scriptures and the sacraments, carefully and with reverence in our hearts. Did you know I used to dress like a youth pastor? I did at one point. 
I was a youth pastor once. I used to dress like one and even preach dressed like one. Lord have mercy, you know. Um, some time ago I decided to dress like this instead. I, I mean, it's going to differ from culture to culture, don't you agree? I mean, but, but in every culture there is dress that's appropriate for common work, you know, lounging around the house, a day at the beach. And in every culture there's dress that's considered uh, respectable, uh, reverent, um, you, you see. I, I, I was just reflecting upon this some time ago. I don't know when I decided, you know, I'm going to wear a tie and a sport coat at least when I preach the Word of God and when I administer the sacrament. Why do I do that? Why do I do that? Because these are not common things that we're doing here. These are, these are holy things that we're doing. God's Word is holy, isn't it? Uh, the Lord's Supper is holy. And, 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 to, and so I think it's important for, for the minister to, to be dressed in a way that, that is fitting just like you wouldn't go to a wedding with, you know, the jersey of your favorite football team on. Uh, neither should we come to, the ch to church without reference in our hearts. And I think a minister ought to consider even how he dresses and what that communicates uh, to the people of God. We must handle God's Word with great care and with reverence. That passage that I read from Malachi just a moment ago was very powerful, wasn't it? You can reread it for yourself. Malachi 2, verses 1 through 9 very strong language spoken by God to the priests. The priests of Israel were rebuked there and threatened with a curse for corrupting the covenant, for perverting the worship of God, and turning aside from sound instruction. Uh, they, in fact, were rebuked for profaning the name of God because they perverted sound instruction. And I think all ministers of the gospel should take this as a sober warning. They're to be faithful and uncompromising in the proclamation of God's truth and in keeping pure the worship of God. And all members of Christ's church should take this as a sober warning as well. We must not profane or abuse anything whereby God makes Himself known. We are to bring a sense of reverence to every day. We are especially to bring a sense of reverence uh, to, to the Lord's day as we come to assemble as His people and to hear His holy word proclaimed. In fact, uh, Malachi 2 is listed as a proof text for Baptist Catechism number 61, which asks, what is the reason annexed to the third commandment? The answer again, to remind you of it, the reason annexed to the third commandment is that however the breakers of this commandment may escape punishment from men, yet the Lord our God will not suffer them to escape His righteous judgment. In other words, this is what the words, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain, mean. We may fool man, but we cannot fool God. He sees the attitude of our hearts. He knows when we take his name in vain. When we partake of the Lord's Supper in an unworthy manner, or listen to his word proclaimed carelessly and without faith in our hearts, he knows. And he says that he will judge. Malachi 2 certainly communicates this principle well. The Lord saw in those days His priests. He saw the priests and how they mishandled the Word of God. And He sees His preachers even to this present day. He knows when they minister the Word carelessly and with partiality, to quote Malachi 2. And He will surely judge, for He will not allow His name to be profaned. So what is forbidden in the third commandment? Again, be reminded, the third commandment forbiddeth all profaning and abusing of anything whereby God 
makes himself known. Let's bow together for prayer. Father, teach us your law and teach us how to apply it deeply. We know that it is possible for us to take each of these commandments that you have given in a very superficial way. It is is possible for us to to conform to them also in a superficial way, uh, even to the point of fooling our fellow man. But God, I do pray that you would work within us true and sincere faith and true and sincere obedience that we would love your law from the heart, that we would obey it from the heart, and that we would please not our fellow man, but you. You see our hearts, O Lord. And so, Father, help us to think more deeply about giving honor to your name and the command that we are to not, that we are to not take it in vain. Father, help us day by day, help us Lord's day by Lord's day, to bring a sincere heart to you, true worship, uh, reverence. God, we need your strength. We thank you for the blood of Christ which washes away all of our sins. We thank You that He has paid for our sins. We thank You also that He did keep this law and all the others perfectly so that we might have His righteousness imputed to us. Apart from Him, we would be hopelessly lost. We are thankful for Your grace and mercy, O Lord. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.